0: You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hey, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Bell Plaine. And I just want to encourage you that even when life is terrible, true love is patient and kind. Even when life is terrible, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult life is, remember to be patient and kind. If you are in the Lord, if Jesus is your Savior, if God is your Father, if you are claiming to be walking in the Holy Spirit, then we need, then you need, we all need to be patient and kind. So yes, there are a lot of problems in the world. And yes, you're probably hiding behind your mask. And it's a lot easier to be unhappy, a lot easier to be unkind when you don't think that people know who you are because you're wearing a mask. So, but no, you don't get to be unloving and unkind just because you're frustrated and even angry or disappointed or bored or depressed or whatever. So under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit... The Apostle Paul gives us a list of how we're supposed to be living in Christ, how we're supposed to be showing Christian love, Christian love for one another. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to share today. Now, it's hard for me to actually have a message on being patient because I'm not always patient. So I am impatient with myself. Sometimes I'm impatient with other people. Uh, This passage is totally talking about being impatient with people. So uh, yeah, we'll leave those other things out. Uh, One thing that makes me impatient is when I get poor service. Uh, One thing that makes me impatient is waiting for things. So uh, we've been making these videos since March, I think with this whole COVID thing. And, uh, so I I started out with my cell phone camera and then, uh, I upgraded to a better cell phone and gave my other cell phone to my wife and then, uh, tried another cell phone, tried three other cameras. And now I have another cell phone looked at a list of the best selfie video cell phone cameras, and I'm getting number two on the list. Can't afford an iPhone 11 or 12, but, uh, anyway, um, I ordered it off eBay and it is, from what I can tell from the tracking number, stuck in the post office sorting system somewhere. And uh, so I've been checking the tracking number like every four hours, kind of impatient. Where's my phone? I want that phone. So hoping my videos will be less grainy, maybe maybe make them a little better. Anyway, uh, impatient about that. Uh, I was thinking about impatient for things, though, and I wouldn't want everybody to be patient. Um, There are certain people that maybe they shouldn't be patient. So, um, you know, I have these sayings that I like to say over and over again, like uh, one of them is, you always come on ahead when you put God first. So that's a good one. So another one is, do what you can to treat people better than they deserve. I'm going to say that again. Do what you can to treat people better than they deserve. All right. That's a good one. I like to say that one. And here's a new one. Sometimes patient, always kind. Sometimes patient, always kind. There are certain things in life where we just should be more driven. Maybe not as patient. Uh, Get the job done. I'm thinking that I probably don't want a patient firefighter. So uh, 911, what's your emergency? My house is burning down. Well, you know, the firefighters are just about done with their lunch. Uh, Once they are done, we'll send them on over. (laughs) No, that's uh, being too patient. Or the paramedics, patient paramedics. Yes, you do need to go to the hospital or you're going to die. But we don't like to use the sirens because they make people feel uncomfortable. They make them feel scared sometimes. So we will get you to the hospital. When we get you to the hospital, you just relax. Uh, no, (laughs) put those sirens on and get me there. So anyway, uh, patient florist uh, most likely is going to be delivering dead flowers. However, I like patient farmers who uh, at the right time plant the seed, uh, fertilize it, pull up the weeds and harvest at the right time. That works pretty good. So I like patient painters If you're painting my house and you're going to like put on primer and it needs to dry for a while, I'd appreciate it if you went slap the next coat on right away. If there's a cure time or dry time, I like patient painters and I like patient teachers. I like patient teachers that don't get all upset because you didn't get it the first time or the second time or the third time because it was algebra. And some older person told you you'd never use it in life anyway. So... All right, I read this story, and I think it's true uh, of the way that you and I might choose uh, certain situations and circumstances. Here's the story. So two frogs fell into a tub of cream, you know, like dairy cow milk cream. One looked at the high sides of the tub, which were too difficult to crawl over and said, it is hopeless. And he resigned himself to death, relaxed and sank to the bottom. The other one determined to keep swimming as long as he could. Something might happen, he said. He kept kicking and churning, and finally he found himself on a solid platform of butter and jumped to safety. Not only is that a cute story, but I was just uh, sharing information with somebody online yesterday that had put online that uh, they were tired of this life and they just wanted to go be with Jesus. They wanted to check out early, and I gave them a link to our website at riverrockchurch.com that actually has a page dedicated to suicide prevention. So if you're thinking of checking out early, if you're thinking that it'd be better just to go be with Jesus, if you're thinking of ending your life or you're trying to help somebody, uh, that is, uh, go to our website, check out those resources. I also had a message that uh, was part of that that you could listen to. Don't check out early because God might have so many more things for you to do. So many more opportunities and experiences for you to have. So many more wonderful things for you to see before you go spend eternity with Him. So um, trust and pray and don't check out today. So, um, but yes, uh, sometimes I get impatient. Um, Impatient people uh, end up sometimes digging themselves holes. Uh, Me, if I'm impatient with my wife, it might cost me more time than I expected. For instance, I might have to make a long apology or even go out and get a gift or buy some flowers uh, as a peace offering. So the only, from what I understand, uh, the only impatience that should be allowed, because I'm sure God totally understands, is when you are going to get a cute little puppy and you're so excited that you picked out this puppy and you're just waiting for the weeks to pass so that uh, it can come home after it's spent the uh, required time with its mommy. So you get to go get that puppy and you're counting down the days and the hours impatiently waiting to go get that puppy. That kind of impatience? That's probably okay. So at least I'm hoping for a free pass because that's an exciting time in my life too. Uh, Anyway, uh, but this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about patience with people, not puppies and not stuff. So I've got, uh, if you're patient with me, I've got uh, a video from a Christian comedian and three points. Uh, True love is required. True love is patient. And true love is kind Alright, so let's look at the passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels and do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have A faith that can move mountains, but do not have love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So did you see all those things? Uh, that just points out my first point is true. True love is required. True love is required. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's talking about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he's talking about love, the love the church is supposed to have for each other. And then in chapter 14, he also talks more about the expression of that love. But Paul starts out by saying that your great abilities, your spiritual gifts, your sacrificial deeds don't matter if you don't have love. Without love, you are nothing and you'd get nothing. So, uh, when Paul wrote this, there were uh, numerous Greek words, uh, four commonly used Greek words for love we'll look at. So, uh, briefly, uh, first one, eros, uh, the physical love, the intimate love, the sexual love, uh, that is... A term that was used, um, sometimes it can uh, pass over, it's the physical love between sexes or a patriotic love of a person for his nation, the ambition of a person for power, wealth, or fame. So, um, it's the uh, love between a man and woman. Um, Eros love is actually never used in the New Testament. So, uh, used in the New Testament. All right. Second is phileo love. Phileo love describes the love between brothers and sisters. Uh, The word Philadelphia comes from phileo love, the city of brotherly love. So an endearing love, a love that cherishes. So it is a love that shows care. The third Greek word for love is storge, love, which denotes love for family, uh, refers to a love between parents and children, um, Sometimes uh, loyal citizens and a trustworthy ruler. Okay, so the last three Greek words I just mentioned for love, those aren't used in First Corinthians chapter 13. The word that is used in First Corinthians chapter 13 is agape. Agape love, which is an enduring sacrificial love that will do anything for the one loved. So Jesus used this word twice in John 15, 12, where he said, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. To love each other as I have loved you. A uh, selfless and sacrificial love. Uh, the love of the mind, of the reason, of the will. It is a love that goes far. So, out of a Bible commentary, uh, here's some things about agape love. Uh, it loves the person even if he does not deserve to be loved. It actually loves the person who is utterly unworthy of being loved. Selfless or agape love is the love of God. The very love possessed by God himself. It is the love demonstrated in the cross of Christ. It is the love of God for the ungodly. Romans 5, 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. It is the love of God for unworthy sinners. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And it is the love of God for undeserving enemies. Romans 5.10 For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Selfless or agape love is a gift of God. It can be experienced only if a person knows God personally. If a person has received the love of God into his heart and life, Agape love has to be shed abroad, poured out, flooded, spread about by the Spirit of God within the heart of a person. That kind of love. Romans 5.5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. So Jesus said the most important commandment in Mark 12, 29 says to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So um, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these are love. So do you see here that we're supposed to love one another? Do you see how important love is? Do you see that God shows his love to us and he expects us to love? So love is required. So John three sixteen out of the Christian Standard Bible, God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So Jesus died on that cross because he loves us. Jesus rose again, ascended into heaven, and is coming back for us, offers us a personal relationship out of love. Do you have that? Have you experienced that? I've experienced Jesus Christ saving me, transforming me. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm in process, and I know that Jesus loves me and is patient with me. Uh, Next point, actually. But if you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I think today should be the day, don't you? Romans 10 9 says you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you like to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? That's the most important things that we need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus came to this earth, that he taught us how to live, that he went to the cross to uh, cover our sins, to uh, make payment for our sins, that he died on the cross that he rose again on the third day, that he ascended into heaven, that he will return. And by believing in him, by believing in Jesus, you can be forgiven of your sin. You could be made right with God. You can be set free from the chains the devil has on you. You can be assured heaven you will receive the Holy Spirit to help you to live the Christian life. Um, You'll receive a spiritual gift or gifts to help you be effective in ministry. The Holy Spirit will help you to understand the Bible, Uh, answers to prayer, so many other things by placing your hope and trust in Jesus. Would you do that today? Uh, Praying is talking to the Lord uh, to acknowledge that. Uh, Maybe you want to pray with me right now. Pray something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I do believe that you rose again and that you hear my prayer and that you care about my life and that you're coming back again. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Or pray something similar to that. Pray something similar to that. All right, number two. Number two, true love is patient. True love is patient. We need to be patient. We need to be patient with each other. Uh, this whole COVID thing has made us really impatient. Uh, I don't know what it is. If it's all the time we spent inside, all the time that uh, we've been fearing that we're going to lose our jobs, or we're fearing the economy is going to collapse, or we're fearing uh, the wrong political leaders are going to make a mess of the country, or we're just, you know, so many things. I think we're all going crazy, and it's causing us to be Inpatient. So we need to show love. We need to show love and care and be patient, not not be resentful, not be angry, not seeking revenge. So, But we should be doing all that we can in the place where we live, in the place where we work, in our neighborhoods, to show patience with people. You know, Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit uh, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So as you think about that, if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you're abiding in Jesus, you're walking in the Spirit, you're uh, growing in faith and maturity, and uh, you get fruit in your life. You bear fruit as a result of all that, the fruit of the Spirit. And two of those things are patience and kindness, which means that you don't have to muster up this patience and kindness on your own. So the love that we show is the love that we receive from the Lord, and it flows through us out to others because we love others because He first loved us. But we need to be patient. We need to sometimes slow down and be patient. We need to sometimes uh, just take a breath and be patient and maybe lower our expectations of people and be patient. Charles Stanley, that great man of God who I think just recently stopped preaching on Sundays, says there's two signposts of faith. Slow down and wait here. So many times God puts us in a holding pattern. So many times that holding pattern can help us mature, help us to prepare for the next thing, help us to get equipped for what God has for us. I've shared this before, but um, I felt called to ministry when I was in high school. And I went to Bible college for a year, and then I kind of dropped out. Uh, Wasn't going to the right schools, so I wanted to change that up. But uh, anyway, uh, during that time, I was praying for a wife, met the perfect girl. We got married, had the perfect kids. It was all great. But uh, I wasn't back to Bible college, couldn't afford to go back to Bible college, couldn't afford to keep pursuing that. So instead, I got a job working at this place. And so started in the shipping department and I was the head of the shipping department and I learned organizational skills. Wow. I also learned how to Ship things to other countries, but uh, then I was good with customers, so they advanced me. They promoted me to customer service, where I was good with people. People skills are extremely helpful in ministry, and they also send you all these different training things. And uh, I gained a lot of tools and skills. Um, working at this place. So I was in customer service for a bit and I was good selling things and I was good with the customers. So then I was promoted to sales. And I was going around um, talking to doctors and opticians and showing them our product. Uh, you know, sales skills are actually good evangelism skills. And pretty soon they're like, hey, we want you to travel. And I'm like, I'm involved in my church. I'm a volunteer youth pastor. I'm doing all this stuff. I don't have time to travel. I'll go anywhere you want me to go as long as I'm home by eight. So I started bringing people in for me to train, and that training is kind of like discipleship. So um, anyway, uh, I was in sales for a while, and then there was this opportunity to get into the marketing department. So I got into marketing, and I got all sorts of desktop publishing and marketing skills that I wouldn't have otherwise that enabled me when we planted the church in all these years to have some ideas and have some skills on how to do desktop publishing, website, um, uh, now video. Um, yeah, actually, uh, when I worked in marketing, uh, websites weren't a big deal. Matter of fact, when I started in shipping, computers weren't even a big deal. So I remember, what year was it, like 1990 something? Uh, they set computers down on our desks and said, here you go, um, do what you want to it, you can't break it. <laughs> I had to have mine restored like three or four times because it turns out you can break it. And I surprised the IT department. Ha. Anyway, that's my experience with uh, what happens when God tells me to be patient and puts me in a place where I don't expect. I thought I should be preparing for ministry, but he's like, whoa, you're going to have a wilderness experience right now. You're going to mature. You're going to get prepared. You're going to get equipped. You're going to get stuff that you wouldn't have otherwise because I want you here. I think the same thing happened to Joseph in the Old Testament. Here, he's like having a dream that he's going to be like, people are going to bow down to him, that he's going to be a leader, that he's going to be all this. And the next thing you know, he's sold off into slavery. He's... Um, working as a servant, I bet while he was working as a servant, though, I bet he learned a lot about Egypt and their culture. And I bet he learned a lot about all the ways of the uh, Egyptian. Uh, But then he ended up in prison. And I have a feeling while he was in prison, he learned a lot there, too. And then, then the famine struck. Then he had an opportunity to lead Egypt out of the famine. And I think that God used those difficult years, uh, one, to test his faithfulness, and he was faithful. As a matter of fact, everything that Joseph put his hand to was successful, and he was trusted, and he was faithful. He was probably a little discouraged while he was sitting in prison because things weren't working out according to his time frame. But pretty soon, he's like number two in Egypt, and he's like saving the world from a famine, and God totally used him because he was faithful when he needed to be patient, when he needed to slow down and wait here. Colossians 11 says being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully so that might be you right now the holy spirit is going to strengthen you the holy spirit is going to help you the holy spirit is going to give you great endurance and patience and joy to help you get through this time and you're going to use this time to grow in your faith. Maybe you're going to watch some of those right now media videos we have or or something else. You're going to grow in your ministry skills. You're going to be ready to re, uh uh lead a small group or help with the youth ministry or the children's ministry or whatever's coming next. I just saw in the news, I think it was yesterday, that uh, they did some kind of survey and that um, people are expecting to uh, celebrate and to get out and do things once this whole COVID thing is over. So I predict the roaring 20s, but uh, I think people are going to be out and about and they're going to be looking for opportunity to connect with Jesus. And you and I, if we use this time right, we're going to be ready and prepared because of this downtime that we had. We didn't waste it. We used it instead to sharpen our saw, to uh, become uh, better equipped and ready to be used by the Lord. So um, God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. To know this is to quiet our spirits and relax our nerves. Do you know who said that? A.W. Tozer, that great man of God who's quoted by everybody, who is actually the s- pastor of a kind of a small church in Illinois, a church, the same denomination, the same type as ours. So we are supposed to be patient in all the things that we do. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, he says, preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. So how is he supposed to do it? patiently patiently is so huge we need to show love for people we need to be patient for people with people sometimes they just don't get it as fast as we do sometimes they don't have the same experience sometimes they have misunderstandings sometimes they just don't understand the way that we do and we need to be patient we need to pray and be patient and know that we're not to be short-tempered we're not to be short-fused we are supposed to endure so, and the Lord is patient with us. The Lord is patient with us. You know, a lot of us are running around saying, I sure hope Jesus returns. I hope he comes back this week. I hope he comes back today. I'd be so excited if Jesus Christ got us out of here. Uh, what a great day that would be. And yes, that will be a great day. But Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. He's being patient with people to turn from their sin and turn to Jesus. He's being patient with us to get off our butts and get out there and share our faith or get online and share our faith or get out there, uh, get out of our cubicle, even with our masks on, and share our faith. Um, Billy Graham said, as we wait on God, he helps us to use the winds of adversity to soar above our problems. As the Bible says, those who wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. You know, when it comes to these masks and evangelism, I think it's really tough. Uh, actually, just connecting with people wearing masks is tough. I uh, was at the Coburn's grocery store, uh, I think it was last weekend, and uh, this older lady was behind me and she was talking to me like she knew me. I was wearing my mask like I'm supposed to, and she was wearing her mask. How's your, how's your week? How's your family? She's going on and on. And uh, I'm like, great, yeah. And then pretty soon, I'm like, you know, I hate to be rude. But I don't recognize you under your mask. Who are you? And she's like, oh. And I pulled down my mask and she's like, I don't know you either. I thought you were someone else. And I'm like, that's funny. I the pastor of River Rock Church in town. And um, so anyway, um, I just think there are a lot of people who are in situations right now that are uncomfortable that may be embarrassing. Uh the whole mask thing too. Uh People are mad at you if you wear a mask. People are mad at you if you don't wear a mask. If you are a pastor or a leader of a church and you're requiring people to wear masks, there's a percentage of people that think that you lack lack faith, that you don't trust the Lord. And then if you don't have masks, then there's other people that say you're breaking uh, the ordinance, the law, uh, you're doing wrong. Um, So these pastors are caught in the middle. And um, I've been hearing from my pastor friends how difficult it's been with the maskless and the maskers. And uh, one pastor was telling me that he had a bunch of people leave his church to go to the other church down the road that wasn't requiring the masks. And the pastor of the church that I was talking to said, I don't necessarily believe that masks were the answer, but I do know that there is a requirement set down for churches by the authorities that said if we wanted to meet, We should be wearing masks. So I'm just trying to do my part uh, to obey the uh, rulers, the authorities, unless it totally contradicts with scripture, like the Bible says we're supposed to do. And people are mad at me for it. He's like, I can't win. Either way, mask, maskless. So anyway, we need to be patient. We need to be kind. We need to show love. All right, so if we're going to be patient with people, we need to understand that all people are different, that uh, we have different upbringings. We've often been raised in different locations. We often don't totally understand Certain cultural things we have misunderstandings, like I mentioned before. So, we need to listen. We need to seek to understand where people are coming from. And sometimes the best way to do that is to sit down and to hear their story. Uh, We need to find out uh, what they believe, what they've uh, heard about Christ and Christians, uh, what they've heard about uh, all sorts of things and why they believe what they do. So, uh, we might not agree, but the best thing we can do uh, to show patience in the very beginning is to listen and to show that we care. Ephesians 4:2 says always be humble and gentle be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So we need to be patient. We need to show love. We need to be patient because Christ has been patient with us. So um 1 Timothy 1:15 again Paul is talking about how he is uh, a sinner of sinners, and how Christ showed patience to him. Here it is. I uh, mentioned it last week too, I think. First 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them, worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners, that others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So we need to try to overlook the faults of others. We need to try to be patient and kind with one another. All right, so let me just take a two-minute break right here in the middle. I want to show you a video by comedian Michael Jr., where he uh, shows what it's like to show kindness and care for other people. And uh, he's a comedian, and it's funny, and I think that you'll like it. So here goes. People ask me all
1: the time, Michael,
0: what was your big break?
1: Our next guest is performed on Comedy Central's Premium Blend. He made his first appearance on The Tonight Show from the Montreal Comedy Festival. You've seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno that wasn't a big break the big break was at a club and right before I got on stage I had a change in mindset about comedy normally when a comedian gets on stage he wants to get laughs from people and I felt a little shift take place where I felt like I was to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh now I'm not looking to take I'm looking for an opportunity to give this changed everything my name is Michael Jr. I'm going to do some jokes. And ultrasounds come in color now, which is ridiculous. I know it's a black baby. It better be a black baby. I leave the club that night and there's all these people giving me hugs and high fives, telling me their favorite jokes. Then I look across the street and I saw a homeless guy. And I thought to myself, what about him? Most comedy, most jokes are set up. My son, four years old, looks at me out of nowhere. He says, Dad, I want to be a doctor. I was like, Yes, yes. And then a punchline. Then he said, Or a dinosaur. <laughs> I understand that me doing comedy and doing all of these TV shows and making all these people laugh is really just a setup. My punchline is to make laughter commonplace in uncommon places. We go to Montrose, Colorado, a place called the Dolphin House. They take care of children who have been abused by their parents. And this grandmother explains to me that her um, grandson is being abused by his mom. He's so afraid of his mom that everywhere he goes, he wears a Spider-Man costume. So I get on stage, sitting right up front, Spider-Man. I start doing comedy. People start laughing, slowly but surely. Probably about 25 minutes into it, I hear a voice. And the voice says, my name is Ronan. And this little boy pulls off his mask. And it was one of the most powerful moments in my entire comedy career. Here's the deal. If we could just stop asking the question, what could I get for myself? And start asking the question, what can I give from myself? I think people would learn that you don't have to be a comedian to deliver a punchline. It's really what I want to get across to people. And I think I just did. I looked at the camera again. I don't know if I was supposed to do that. Emphasis. (laughs) Anything else you can think of? Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. You've been set up. You in the setup. Be the punchline. Okay, I'm going to walk off dramatically.
0: (laughs) All right, so point number three, last point. Uh, Don't be impatient. Uh, True love is kind. True love is kind. Love is impossible without kindness. Love without kindness is like springtime without flowers, like fire without heat. So I read that in the Bible commentary too. I liked it. So that's why I shared it. Anyway, uh, Ephesians 4, 2, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We need to be kind and compassionate and caring. We need, when we see a need, if we have the opportunity to respond to that need, we should do what we can. So sometimes we have a resource that somebody needs, and in kindness, we can share that with them. Um, I do know that uh, sometimes when you're being kind, that you can lose things. So um, years ago, I had a ladder. My father-in-law was an interior decorator. Uh, I had a 22-foot ladder that he gave me. His name was on the side of it from his company. All of it, all of his stuff, all of his tools, all of his uh, ladders uh, had his name on the side, spray painted on the side. So I could easily identify this ladder. But these people behind me, they were painting their house, and I saw that they didn't have a ladder. So I brought my ladder over, uh pulled it apart into its two 11-foot pieces, and uh, they were using it to paint the house. And then at the end of the day, they gave me one part of the ladder back, one piece of the ladder back, and then they needed the rest to finish. So a few days later, I went over to get the ladder, and it was gone, and so were they. And then uh, eventually, someone was at the house. I went over there, and I'm like, hey, uh, do you know where the people went? He said, I'm the owner of the house. I had to kick them out because they didn't pay their rent. I'm like, Oh, I let them borrow my ladder. Can I have it back? He's like, no, you can't have it back because they haven't paid their rent. You can't have the ladder back until the rent is paid. I'm like, what? I said, so I'm the good Samaritan here and you aren't going to give me the ladder back because you want me to pay their rent. (laughs) Uh, That's not fair, but I was trying to be kind and I was trying to be patient Part of me wonders, though, if I shouldn't have, you know, pressed that one a little more. So, um, I mean, it was easy to identify the piece of ladder. I was just the youth pastor, youth and family pastor at a church, didn't want to make a stink in the community. But part of me thinks, you know, I probably could have just called the police and said, he's got my ladder piece I let his renters borrow it. He won't give it back to me. I can easily identify it. And I bet I'd have that piece of ladder back. I've gone all of these years with half a piece of ladder. But I did get a sermon illustration out of it. So that's probably good too. But nonetheless, sometimes you're going to be kind and you're going to get ripped off. Sometimes you're going to let somebody borrow something and they're not going to return it or they're not going to return it in the condition that you had hoped. But nonetheless, God sees your heart and your motives and he can reward you for it and even get you another ladder. So anyway, Jeremiah 9, 24 talks about God's kindness and the way that we should respond. It says, let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these, I delight, declares the Lord. So being kind, being considerate, being compassionate, being gentle, being humble, trying to do what you can to help other people succeed, trying to do what you can to help them to have resources that they need to be successful in life, to be helpful, to be useful, to uh, show favor to somebody that is being kind. So Romans 12, 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So be an encourager. When you encourage people, that is being kind. So when you listen to people, that is being kind. I've said that repeatedly, but, uh, you know, listening to people, spending time with people, that is being kind. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. That is being kind. Sometimes um, when people are in need, you don't even really need to say a lot. Uh, You just show up and show you care, that kind of form of kindness. So one thing I try to do to be kind is I go around with my snowblower and help people that need snowblowing that lived nearby. I used to put it in the trailer. I used to go all around and snowblow all these places as kind of a ministry. All these people would be like, oh, I'm coming to your church. I don't think any, I don't think one person that ever said that ever did. But uh, so anyway, um, now I don't have as much time to go around town with my snowblower. So I don't. And also my current vehicle uh, doesn't fit in the back as well as it did in my other truck. But nonetheless, being kind, be an encourager, help people in need, look for ways to help, look for ways to show care, be compassionate. Anyway, to help people in need, and I've helped many people in need over the years. So um, that's in a form of kindness. So to be kind to people in the neighborhood, to be kind to people in the community, to be kind to people when Jesus puts it on your heart to go help somebody, to care for somebody. You know, as we invest our lives uh, as we uh, plant seeds, uh, plant seeds of the gospel, plant seeds of kindness, uh, show patience, uh, we know that we will reap a harvest. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what he sows. So when we're sowing seeds of kindness or anything else, uh, then uh, we will reap a harvest. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So anyway, thank you for being patient with me. I'm done. So um, coming up, uh, Pastor Dan is sharing next week, setting a priority that comes with Jesus' promise of provision from Matthew six thirty three. Uh, love is not easily angered on the 31st. And on Super Bowl Sunday, get tackled by pride, but score with humility. So uh, as we mentioned every week, River Rock Church is solely supported by those who care about River Rock Church, the members, the attenders, and the friends of River Rock, those people who feel led to uh, either give online at riverrockchurch.com or uh, mail a check to River Rock Church, P.O. Box 184, Belle Plaine, Minnesota, 56011. Got a lot of resources at riverrockchurch.com. We have like 30 video sermons and like 200 audio ones. Uh, Go to riverrockchurch.com slash watch or slash listen uh, slash pray. Uh, There's a lot of stuff at River Rock Church. We say that every week. But anyway, uh, go there to find more resources. Riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Let us know how we can pray for you. And pray for us because we're still in a spot where we don't have a place to meet. So we thought that we were gonna buy a furniture building and it turns out that the furniture store is not ready to move to their new location. So it is not currently available to us. They said uh, someday when they are ready, they'll let us know. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be anytime soon. We wanna find a place to meet as soon as possible. As soon as this COVID thing is over, as soon as people are meeting freely, we wanna be able to have a place to meet. Uh, Greatest miracle is that if we were able to build on our 10 acres of land on the highway, so only problem is, is it's time consuming and extremely expensive to build a new building. Uh, but it's also a lot of money to convert an old one. So uh, anyway, we've been serving this community in this region for 19 years, meeting in the school. Uh, we have a trailer. We go, we unload the trailer, set up for church, uh, load everything back up, put it in the trailer. Uh, anyway, uh, it would be great not to have to do that in the future. So pray for us, because we want to keep ministering. We want to keep making a difference. We want to keep serving Jesus here in Belle Plaine and uh, Jordan, LeSueur, uh, Cologne, Henderson, uh, Arlington, uh, New Prague. Anyway, uh, pray for us. And uh, thank you again for being patient. Maybe you can share this message with others, because that would be an act of kindness. So, or you could say nice things about it. That would be kind. But anyway, I'm done. I promise you have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit RiverRockChurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.